Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 301. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. Treg Wilson is still with his family, so he will not be joining us tonight. As we record post-game after the Anaheim Ducks paid a visit to the Canadians, and the reverse retro jersey curse continues. You can say that again. Awful. The reverse retro jersey curse continues. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the show we recorded last night, we talked about the upcoming Anaheim game, and we mentioned it was a way to get you know get themselves back on track. But I also mentioned that this was a trap game. And as Admiral Akbar said, it's a trap. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. Now the final score five two does not is not indicative of how close the game was up to the end of the game when it was a, a couple empty netters, but at the same time, it's kind of deserving to be a five two game because the Canadians absolutely looked like crap in the first two periods. Yeah, it was the sloppiest two periods of hockey that they played. Um, just they couldn't string together a single pass. So there was nothing. There was nothing. There was no. There was no life. There was no consistency. There was no forecheck. There was there was nothing. It was it was it was awful. It was awful hockey to watch. And they I, the the Canadians fans that were at that game had every right to be booing throughout that whole sequence. Um, the the power play once again just absolutely dismal. And yes, I know Caulfield scored later in the game, which we'll get to. But the first forty minutes, it was. It was it was hard to, to to draw any positives from that whatsoever. Well, in the first two periods, the only positive that I saw was um, that nobody got hurt. Yeah, that's always a positive. I'm trying to find a silver lining. Yeah. I know Team Tank is super happy right now they with how the game are. turned out. They absolutely are. Uh, and, and I understand you want the best draft position possible, but at the same time, my God, you, you want the team to show up and put on a show, put in the effort, play, play within 
the system that they're playing or the the concepts that they're playing under St. Louis, right? And, and actually make a game of it. In, in this case, they only played twenty minutes. Yeah, like this one. This one's gonna hurt. This one's not just. This one just doesn't hurt, you know, the the Habs faithful. Let's just call it that, you know, not Team Tank. Team Tank celebrating and, you know, popping bottles right now. But this was a game that at the end, I, I, honestly, the, at the end of this game, I really hope that somebody steps up in the locker room and says something and says, guys, we just lost to the worst team in the league. Yeah. And we were made to look like fools in front of our home fans. We were going yeah. against a... Third string goalie. Stollers wasn't playing. And even it was uh, Ollie Erickson Eck that was the backup. So Stollers wasn't even there. John Gibson got hurt during the Leafs game. So you had the third and fourth string goalie there. This was a time to just play light them up goaltender. And as you said, through 40 minutes, no pressure, no chances, no nothing. Until Caulfield finally got the one, and which uh, Dostal actually read that play. I thought he actually initially made the save. He was making. He was. He did read the play. He was making his move, but he was too slow on yeah. that play because the Canadians, to their credit, on that power play, and they'd been very, very uh, predictable in the power plays up to that point. But that power play, they made five quick one touch passes before the one timer from Caulfield. So he did not have enough time to get, to to get across to position himself for the save. And that was the difference there. It it was a different look on the power play. Normally you get the pass down low, pass back up high, pass over to Suzuki for a wrist shot from the top of the circle or Caulfield slap shot from the top of the circle. But in, in this case, it was, Tick, 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 pass back and forth uh, into the center, back to the wing, up to the post. You know, it was just it, it, the puck movement was sent in a different way and in a, and was done quicker. Well, hopefully they can take take that from this loss and say, hey, we have some positive. We finally scored after, what, 23 attempts or 24 attempts or whatever it was. Was it that few? Yeah, <laughs> it felt like a hell of a lot more than that. Um, but there was really not many bright spots in this game. It was once again, it was their own, um, faults or their own mistakes that led to their downfall. And you can, you can bring up officiating again. I will. It was, it was, we had one of the same officials from last night, Gordy Dwyer, that was calling this game and he made some awful calls. Um, the slash, on the slash on Armia or the slash call on Armia, uh, which led to the first goal against, and then subsequently uh, another another quick goal from uh, Klingberg that made it two nothing. And now, then I can kind of see that call. I mean, I I understand making uh, a quick decision on some on a play like that. You know, it's it's done. You know, it's, it's, it's the, fast the game. NHL has just gone so soft. Like we see other games and we see other we we see other teams play and. You know, guys are finishing checks or guys are, you know, being rough in front of the net. Guys are doing whatever else. You do a stick on stick play, though. You lift a stick or you hit a stick and, and all of a sudden it's an arm flies up. Like, I, I, I get 
I get they're trying to protect the players' hands and their wrists and everything like that. We that, and this is this is mostly due to Johnny Goudreau being hurt and taking the taking the uh, extra wax on the wrist and Sidney Crosby blowing up Mark Mathot's finger. But now, it's it's getting to be too much. I'm not disagreeing. And the point I was going to make it was uh, what I was trying to get to was I can see that call. You know, it's it's not wholly unreasonable it's not outside the realm of possibilities i mean i I would rather they let shit like that go but i can see that however the call on the high stick on anderson that was bad calling it not giving it a four minute because they he used some bullshit excuse of well he would have he kind of caused it himself he caused it himself yeah so even though his lip was bleeding He's the one that caused Kulikov to high stick him. So, yeah, yeah. So, sure. if, so if that's if that's the case, does Kulikov actually take a penalty? Because if he caused no. his own stick to or caused his stick to come up and hit him in the face, and mm-hmm. it was all on Anderson, you can't call a four. Then why even give Kulikov a penalty? It's same thing as the embellishment penalty. If a guy falls exactly. down and he flops, was it really that big of a deal? Well, on a flop, at least you can say there was something resembling a possible penalty in that. Right. But if you're you're flat out stating the player caused the high stick, that's not a high stick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, clearly, it what, Dwyer. It was, what, it was a holding, holding and high stick. He's called him for holding as he got high sticked and he fell down. Yeah. He fell down over top of Kulikov's stick. But I mean, come on, Dwyer was yeah. still butthurt yeah. from being told last the night <laughs> before likely. that he's more full of shit. Yeah, more than likely. And if we want to keep getting into that, we talked off air a little bit about the uh, the Hoffman goaltender interference. And this was another, you know, momentum killing type. Uh, just like just like the night before, there was a penalty in the final five minutes. And I think tonight was in, I, I don't remember exactly when that was called. But I believe it was, it was in, in the, the third, final, Pro- right after. probably, probably in the last six minutes or so on this one. Yeah, I'll say somewhere around there, six to eight minutes, yeah. maybe ten. But it, the um, the reaction from Saint Louis behind the bench after that call was made says everything. He just hung his head, covered his face, and shook his head, right, as if to say. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. And he and he was vocal. He was vocal after the game the other day in Ottawa. Um, you know, but yeah, he, well, but not he, really. He his he, he was without being vocal. Like he yeah. because you can't say a damn thing about officiating nope. or you're gonna get fined or the organization's gonna get fined or whatever else, or it, it it's kind of ridiculous. Like there, there's no accountability and it, this no. isn't it's not the reason they lost the game and it's the same oh absolutely not they they could not string together anything they could not do anything they played 20 minutes and we talked about this in our last show that it's kind of the canadians way however at least usually they put up an effort in the first they you know they're dismal in the second and then it's like we're a whole different team and we you know we eat our Wheaties or whatever after the second period, and we're all over them in the third period. But they only showed up in the third today. 
And again, it was Cole Caulfield that came out, scored two goals. He's now 18 on the season. Good on him. It's, uh, you know, one of those bright lights of the season right now um, is the is the Habs youth. However, speaking of the youth, it was a Jordan Harris mishap in front of his own net who accidentally yeah. made accidental contact. I'm not going to yeah. say obviously it wasn't intentional. Accidental contact as Klingberg was taking his shot. Allen never had a chance on it. And all of a sudden that's the game winning goal. Harris was what Harris was trying to do was get back into position in front of the net. You tried when box, he was cutting in, box yeah. So he was cutting his way over to his his spot after adjusting to cover off uh, earlier, and he bumps into his D partner and then bumps Allen's foot, and it's just it's a schmozzle. Yeah. But that one play, that one mistake, shouldn't take away from what I I thought was a solid game from. Harris I, I agree I agree he moved the puck he moved the puck well in the third period other than that nobody was moving the puck well um even in the first and second he he wasn't he didn't play poorly it was just you know he'd get the puck out of the zone and you know the, the forwards were just not in, the, in not in that spot or nobody had their timing down you know the pucks were just I, I don't know what the hell was going on but they were avoiding pucks as best they could Right. I mean, it was just, but he, overall, I thought he played a fine game. Yeah. I'll bring this up because people are talking about it on social media. It is Jonathan Drouin. Drouin was hit or miss again tonight, but people are talking more about the miss than any of the hits. I so overall, so the he hits, had a good game. He moved the puck well on the power play. Yeah. He made. You know, he's not a guy the bomb it from the, you know, off of a, off of a, a one-timer from the point, and he broke his stick on that. And, yeah, playing the stick, but it's not a play that he should have made to begin with. But, again, final, final uh, bit of the game, empty net. You win the faceoff. He, he tries to do too much, bobbles the puck all of a sudden it's behind you in the net. And then that was the dagger after that. And here's a four, two game. Right. And that's what people, and, and, and like, I'm not trying to shit on drew one, but that's what people are talking about. That's what, that's, what's bothering people right now. Like he, 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 he showed some, 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 uh, some good skating tonight. He showed some good plays. He hit the post on uh, right after uh, Caulfield had tied it up. He, he showed some positives and I'm liking that into his game but people are only going to draw the negative out of it. And if this is, this is the second game that we're talking about this consecutive. Here's the, and here's the thing with Drew Wang. Um, any mistake, any mistake, he's going to be becomes amplified. Absolutely. But when he, but when he did, uh, did things proper, did things well, it was crickets in social yeah. media. Like he, yeah. he made a, a great toe drag play to recover the puck and he threw it off the post earlier in the game. Yeah. yeah. Not many people talked about that. I completely agree. Not a, not a word, Yeah, but the second something happened, the broken stick play. Oh my God, Drew, I messed right. that up. It's a broken stick. That's I mean, right. that's right. Can't blame he him. He was on trying that. to get a you shot can, on net. Right. You can, you can argue that he shouldn't have maybe made the play, but you can't blame the stick. Right. 
he he was trying to get a puck to the net at the end of a power play. Right. I mean, that, that was it. He was trying to rush a puck into the zone, try to create something and the stick broke. Right. Nothing came of it. There was no, uh, no breakaway from Anaheim. It was just, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But you're they right. Could, but everything's going to complain. Everything's going to be magnified when it's Drew. Yes. It's likely, very likely his last season with the Canadians. Well, likely it's almost, uh, I would say a hundred percent. This is it. Right. And they want to, they want to see him do well. They want to see him perform with them, with, do the, they? with the contract. Well, I, I think they do. I think they would the like Canadians to do, right. I know the Canadians would love to see it. Right. But they're going to be extra hard on this player. He's from Quebec. He's got a French last name. He speaks the language. They're going to be extra tough on this guy. And so, I, is, and so, and so is social media. Well, for, for the Canadians, there's always someone who's a scapegoat, no matter what, whether yeah. the team's good or bad, yeah. there's always a scapegoat and it's Drew Wayne. He's it, been one. He's it's been, been him for a few years. He, yeah. Since he's pretty much since he's shown up. And it's not because of him. It's because they hated the GM and they didn't like the trade he made to get Drew Wayne. Not like it's Drew Wayne that said, I want you to trade this kid for me. Right. right. Make it happen. Yep. You know, so anytime he makes a mistake, they shit all over him. Anytime he does something well, crickets. Now I'm not I'm not defending him to say that, you know, oh my God, this guy's really good, but he's nowhere near as bad as being he's being being made out to be. Right. So moving on from Drew Wayne, we look at uh no. Their next game, they're playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the tough matchup this is a team that for the last few seasons has just been a powerhouse and they, they, they find ways to win. They find ways to score. Um, you know, Veseleski comes up big, <laughs> you know, he's, he's not, he's having a, a little bit of a below average season for his statistics, but you look up and down the roster and they're, they're quite stacked. And uh, they always usually play the Canadians pretty tough. So I'll ask you, do they go with Allen? They go with Montembeau against, against Tampa, knowing that your next game is going to be against Arizona on Monday. Uh, you know, honestly, I would go with Allen in that game. Uh, it's a couple of days in between, like there's a full day in between. So, you know, you, you play Saturday night against Tampa Got a day off in between. Allen can play, and then you can put Montembeau in net against Anna against uh, Arizona. Right. Arizona is a weaker team of the two, clearly. Um, so you'd want to have Allen there. I mean, people complain that Allen didn't have a great game tonight, but he did keep them in the game early. So he did. He did. He did. And yeah. again, like Montembeau the night before, let in a softy. Yeah. Right. The other two, we didn't really have much of a chance. One player was uh the when terry scored on the power play he didn't have anywhere to go it was literally right on top of him and the other Klingberg only got clipped by his own player yeah right how and then with uh those last two goals that anaheim scored were all his fault oh absolutely he, he was nowhere near the puck <laughs> he's nowhere near the puck <laughs> just sitting on the bench but I did notice that there was quite a few pucks that got by him tonight, whether he saw them or not, there were multiple. Yeah. posts. So either when he was, there was one where he was scrambling where I was like, son of a bitch, there's the winner. Um, but there were a few that got by him tonight. They hit the post and um, 
you know, Allen's the guy. Allen's the guy moving forward as of right now. Um, he, he was given the contract extension. Montembeau's got what two? Well, he's on a two-year deal or three-year two-year deal, three-year deal, two this year two and year, next, right? So there, you're looking. That's looking like the tandem for probably the next couple seasons. At least, um, at least until next at the end of next season. Right, right. So, team tanks happy with this one. I'll give them that. They've now lost three yeah. out of their. They've now lost three out of their last four games. Yeah, but back to Allen a little bit though. I think you're on to something. He he was trying to do as much as he could, and he was scrambling, and that's why pucks were getting through him, hitting posts. He wasn't he wasn't uh, in his his positioning wasn't the best. I mean, he did his best, but his positioning was a little bit off. But he's really, I, I think people are putting too much, um, are expecting too much out of the goaltending. Yeah, I'd, I could say, I'd say that, yeah. It, it's Jake Allen, who is a very good uh, 1B, yeah. but he's a 1B. He's more yes. backup than starter. At and this, then the Sam Montembeau. Career, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and Sam Montembeau, who... I mean, for a few games was being touted as the next Jacques Plount, but let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's, com- he's coming back to reality. And that's the thing. I, my expectation before the season started was that Montembeau would have a save percentage of about 895 and Allen would be about 905. And despite the fact that they had a great start, they're coming down to earth. And I think they're going to even out to close to their career averages right right so people's standard they're they've been spoiled they've had carrie price with the canadians for 15 years right and now they have to rely on allen and montembo yeah. yeah but you look at montembo i just threw up his stats right now for the starts that he's yeah. made um so this season in his first four starts he didn't go below 917 for an average. Then he had an 821. Then he was 968, 938. Then he had that stinker against Vancouver, which I do not want to talk about, where which was a 781. He had a nine, and then they had a 903 in his last start. And his season average is 908 with a 2.98 goals against. Right. Okay. So he's still for a backup, you're still looking at decent numbers. But everything's going to be amplified because it's Montreal. And they don't have that true number one anymore. And, the, and as you said, they've no. been so, they've been so used to having Carey Price being out there sealing games for them. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that reliance on their goaltending anymore. And that's and something with that team they're, they're going to have to learn to, to live with. It. Exactly. You're, you're not going to have all world goaltending and you're in a rebuild. So the team is going to give up more goals than expected. And this weekend they're going into uh, play a game against Tampa Bay who are one of the league leaders in expected goals for they're They hover around 75 to 80% expected goals for, which I think is third or fourth in the NHL. That's probably pretty high. <laughs> and, and they're stacked with star power. They are. They're experienced. They have several cup rings amongst them. No. So, you're going you're you're in tough and it's 
if the Canadians can make it a game where they they keep it within a goal, they make it entertaining, then that's it's a moral victory, right? But it's still a loss. But it's a moral victory. You can take that and say, look, we played like shit the last two games, but then we go up against a perennial cup contender, and we we show them that we can hang with them. So right. it can build their confidence, right? The Tampa right now, seven and three in their last 10 games are a three game winning streak. And they're going to look at the Canadians and say, these guys are below us. We want our two, yeah. we, we want our two points. Cause currently right now um, they've played the same game amount of games as Boston. They're 10, and but they're 10 points behind uh, the Leafs have played three extra games and they're seven points ahead. Right. So that kind of makes, you know, obviously with the differential, but they're going to look at the Canadians and they're going to say, you know, we want to go in there. We want to, we want to come out flying. So actually Tampa won tonight, I believe. So now they're eight and two in their last 10 with a four game win streak. Yeah. They're they're, they're not a team that's looking to win the division. They're not, they don't care about the regular season beyond let's make the playoffs. Right. That being said, they know they're they're they know that they're a few points back. So right. they know they have to keep pace. So you're going to see a team, especially a team that won uh, they won their last Stanley Cup against the Canadians. Right. There's a little bit of an animosity there between the two teams. So you, you know they're going to bring a little extra. Right. The Canadians right now are 5 points out of of a wild card spot and 9 points out of a divisional um spot which is above where we all expected them to be at this point of the year true uh even the ottawa senators are are surprised right montreal montreal right now 14 14 and two yeah right so it's a 500 team um but i don't think they should be no they probably shouldn't be They've they've beat some teams they shouldn't have beat, and they've lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah, we can say that to but, we can say that about Vancouver, we can say that about Ottawa, we can say that about Anaheim, etc. Yeah, but we can also say that about the two times they beat Calgary. Like it's, <laughs> right? it's like so, a like two different teams. Yeah, Where's that Calgary so. team? Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> oh I, I love to I do, I'd love to just see some consistency from this from this team. With the with the games against the Flames, what you saw was a team that was just firing on all cylinders. It, there wasn't there was only three goals in the game in both of those games, but it was a fun game to watch. Even if the Canadians would have lost those two games, playing that way, if they would play like that all season long, this team would be in the playoffs. But they're not. So <laughs> I it, it's am that just, inconsistency that kind of highlights the rebuild. I'm quickly checking to see if Florida ended up hanging on to that or they lost. God, I hope they lost. And they lost to Pittsburgh tonight 4-2. Thank you, Sid. <laughs> so Honestly, again, so again, um Florida's played one more game than Montreal. Yeah. And they've only got two more points. So right now, both teams are on the outside looking in 
which bodes well for team tank. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am team Panther tank. 100%, <laughs> you fucking lose every game. I will be happy. Like, let's get a top three pick for Ben Gerard. Is okay that a TLC that. show like uh, Milf Island? It's uh, Panther Tank. <laughs> I have already put my application in to be on that island. So. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, I I, I want to see the Panthers completely collapse. I mean, it'd I be do. fun to I fun do. for and, the Canadians. And for, but... and, for, and for me, it's not even the fact that they have their first overall pick or their first round pick. It's the fact that they traded a Jack Adams finalist or they got rid of a Jack Adams finalist. And they brought in another coach. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, like we're really not, you know, we can't string oh, no. wins together. Yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to, they, uh, it's the, they put their team together like it was an NHL 22 team. You know, oh, we're going to get rid of these two guys, but we brought in these two guys. We'll just plug them right in. No problems. You lost the coach. You've met, you've changed the room. You've changed the dynamic in the room. Uh, you don't have the same um, makeup of the roster because they, they did, because of the cap, had to get rid of some other guys. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're they're just they're not quite where they were before. I, I think they'll end up in the playoffs, but if they don't, and somehow that that pick turns into the lottery pick that wins, yeah. I think I think there's going to be a parade for for Hughes at that point. I, I think so. And you know what? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I I honestly don't because right now you've got New Jersey who just is they're. Other than the last four games, which are, they were on a four-game slide right now, they've been on quite a tear this season. They're twenty-one-seven and two. You got Carolina, um, who's going to be a playoff team. You've got Pittsburgh, who've now won seven games in a row. That are that are a very that are a veteran team. Then you've got Boston, Toronto, and Tampa in the within their own division. They're not going to pass any of those teams. Then you've got the New York Rangers, the Islanders, and you've got uh, the Washington Capitals. And once they get healthy, they're going to go on a tear as well, and they're going to want to get Ovi the puck as much as possible so he can get closer to Gretzky. So I do not I even see, say I do not see uh, Florida as a playoff team. And I'm hoping to God that Ben Sherratt turns into a high pick. Speaking of Ben Schrott, I will you cannot that, forget. I will love that trade tree. <laughs> yes. Move over Craig Rive. <laughs> Speaking of Schrott, though, you can't forget the Red Wings in this. They're a bubble team. They could factor in and, you know, take a few more points off of the yep. Florida Panthers. That's right. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs. I'm just saying that because they're actually a pretty good team, they can win a few more games. Yeah. And the Canadians are going to be going on this road trip. They're normal post Christmas road trip and they yeah. will play Florida. Yeah. The best case scenario, because one of those teams is going to have to win. Sorry, team tank. That's just, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. But the best case scenario is that one of the two teams win in regulation. Right. Cause you don't want, you don't want to add more points. That's right. So that's, that's probably the perfect scenario for team tank. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's one game. I think team, even team tank will be cheering 
for the Canadians to win. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter one way or the other. The thing is, it'll feel, it'll feel that or... much better. If, if, if the Florida pick ends up being higher, and obviously we're looking into the future, but if the Florida pick ends up being higher than the Montreal pick, then yes, it's going to be a yeah. huge, and it's, it's, it's already looking like a home run for Hughes. Yes, very much so. But it's going to be like a grand slam for Hughes if 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 it ends up, especially if it turns into a top ten pick. Like, give me, like, come on, that'd be amazing. As long as the Canadians get a top ten pick out of the two picks that they hold currently, yeah. And if the uh, if Panthers miss the playoffs, yeah, that's a top, top fifteen pick. Yeah. yeah. So that would be two great picks because you're looking at the you, you look at the 2023 draft board. There are so many really good players available all the way through to the end of the first. Yeah, very forward-heavy draft in the top 15. Yes. Very forward-heavy. And what do the Canadians need most of all? Scoring. They need scoring. Skill. Well, that's exactly what this draft is. It's all skillful scoring up top. Yeah. Not a lot of defense in there. I think you might find two or three defensemen in the first round. Yeah, probably in the top two, at least in the top 20. You're probably looking at about three, yeah. maybe three, four defensemen at best. You depending you on might team get needs, one. Depending on team needs. Yeah. Yeah. And you might get one in the top 15. Right. Maybe. Yeah. But with the with the sheer number of forwards and the skill at forward that's available in this draft, you'd be hard pressed to pick a defenseman over a forward Absolutely. in that top 15. Yeah, and I think uh, I think they're going to look for like obviously you're going to look probably best player available, but I can see yeah. them doing a forward heavy draft. Now this is just this is just for fun, and I'm I'm looking into my boxing rock crystal ball, <laughs> my pucked off a puck off Loggerdale crystal ball. All right, I'm looking ahead to the draft in Nashville. Okay, I see Mitchkoff sliding. Yeah, I see Mitchkoff sliding. He ends up at the uh, the Florida Panthers pick, and the Canadians <laughs> get Mitchkoff. Wouldn't that be something? You've heard it here first. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? I I see him as I see other guys moving up, and like I know, uh, I know we're getting a little bit off of Canadians talk yeah, right whatever. now, kind of. But um, I can see I can see him sliding. Of once of all, you've got the you've got the uh, the Russian factor there, and you've got other guys that are starting to step up a guy like will smith when they with the uh the uh u18 national development program the u.s national development program all right like i hope just getting jiggy with it here sorry (laughs) i'm gonna keep uh, all right i'll I'll just keep his name out my mouth for now but 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 it's true you're like you're 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 looking at some some very decent uh decent picks for the canadians right now if, and if, a lot if, of centers. Yes. Yeah. Which is another area of uh, concern for the Canadians is skilled centers. Yeah. Like, obviously, would it be nice if Montreal walked away with one, two? Absolutely. You walk out with <laughs> Bedard and Fantilli, <laughs> and then there's a parade walking out, right? But it probably isn't going to happen. Let's just say that. I'd love to say you heard it here first on that. But yeah. If, if again, if they can have two, two picks in the top 15, that's. And either they use one and flip the other one for immediate help. We'll see what happens. I can see them, but they're probably going to look for a third pick anyway. 
Yes. They, well, yeah, they're clearly looking for a third pick. Hughes has even said it. But if they uh, they do pick one, too, just to make our friend Grant uh, McCag happy, <laughs> hey, Grant, they'll pick Fantilli first just to mess with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One and two. Like, yeah, we're going to go with Fantilli. Yeah. Just to no. just to screw with everybody, <laughs> just to see how how Bedard stares them down. Yeah, like, ah, just kidding. We got you too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and then all you hear just before is like, "We have a trade," and it's just like, <laughs> it's like Arizona picking up a contract or something. And you're like, really? You had to you had to announce that right now. <laughs> or it's a trade with the Canadians where they trade up for that third pick they picked up. They trade up. Yeah. <laughs> just so it's just the Canadians messing with people. And we yeah. have a trade to announce with the Canadians. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh we're we're kind of we're kind of falling off here. We're 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 a little giddy. It's late. Uh it's post game, you know. Hey, we gotta try to find some positives to talk about after that shit game, right? So the future is po- the future is positive. We got we got uh we got some we got some good things to good things coming, that's for sure. And um Check out friend of the show, Craig Buttons. Um, what is it? it was his core four, is what he called it. And it yep. was uh players under 24. Uh Montreal ranked fourth in the league, which is in, which is incredible. So definitely go out there, go to tsn.ca and check that out. Hey, Craig, you know, stop st- stop taking all our ideas, man. <laughs> I'm just happy to call him friend of the show. <laughs> True. You should come back. He will. He will. We'll get him on. Did you, we'll just tell him, yeah, Treg's not here, man. Come on back. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for us. Um, did you have anything to announce or talk about at the end? As of right now, I got nothing. Um, I got two more days of work, and then I'm home for the holidays. So I'm just counting down the days to fly back to the East Coast and eat donairs and see my family and and just enjoy the holidays. So looking forward to it. Uh, Yeah. When you do come back and go for the donairs, please avoid the Christmas donair from King of Donair. I mean, I love them. I love King of Donair, but throwing gravy and uh, stuffing and cranberry sauce on the donair, it just seems wrong. (laughs) Sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it'll be a challenge, all yeah. right. It'll be challenging the porcelain in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for me, I just want to th- again thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting with us. Um, and keep in mind now that uh, there's a billionaire who's deciding to destroy Twitter just for fun. That we're found on all other social media as well here at YouTube. Uh, TikTok, Mastodon, uh, Tribal, I don't know, uh, Post, Post News. Uh, there's there's all kinds of new and exciting social media platforms coming. We're still on Facebook because, you know, we got to talk to our grandparents. <laughs> but the most, the most important thing there is if you're on these platforms, give us a follow, give us a like, you know, if you, if you like our content, give us a, give us five stars, et cetera. Right. Like we, we see this stuff and we, we appreciate it and it makes us come back for more. And 
uh, we've we've very much enjoyed jumping onto the the megaphone platform and it's uh, it's kind of opened some new tools to us and we're hoping that we can bring some more content for you guys get some more people on the show that you want to see us um, bring back or maybe a new guest here and there and it, it's just an exciting time and, and right now the Canadians are playing more competitive hockey we didn't see that tonight unfortunately however as Blaine alluded to earlier in the show they're playing better than what we expected at the start of the season. The future is bright in Montreal. We saw the high when they went to the uh, the cup final. We saw the low when uh, they picked Slavkovsky number one. And not not that because of that, but you know, <laughs> right? don't take that sound bit from me. That uh, didn't sound right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but going from, you know what I mean, going from cup final to first overall pick, the next, you know, the next year is a, is a downer, but uh, we're very excited where this podcast is going. We're excited where the team's going. Um, I know Blaine, you're excited about the world juniors. You're going to see some fantastic hockey in Halifax. So again, guys, make sure that you're following, uh, make sure you're following all of our accounts because, you know, we get around when it comes to sports, we get around when it comes to, to hockey and everything. Right. So we want to share that with you guys and we don't always get to, have the opportunity to get it out to the Habs Unfiltered account. So make sure you're following us as well. I know Blaine, you do a hell of a lot with minor hockey, drags all over the place with junior hockey and just going to the occasional game here and there. And then myself, I just kind of show up places sometimes and, <laughs> and my, my, my social media has got full of pictures, right? So um, it's an exciting times ahead for the Canadians and, uh, and for our podcast. Yeah. So again, please like, subscribe, uh, share, and uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.